Welcome to Color Me Dead. This is a true crime podcast, and we talk about murder and fuckery most foul in detail while using the darkest of humor. If you don't like words like fuck and cunt, then you probably shouldn't listen. But if you do, then join us while we fuck your feelings. So welcome back to another fun-filled episode of Color Me Dead with Angel Mays and Nikki Tune and special guest Tom Kusick. Say Hello, hi. thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks and for doing what to you? Yeah. We also have a couple other sponsors that we want to talk about. We've got uh, the Purple Lotus, who has been making bath bombs for us. And we got our new bath bomb scent, the Body Farm. The Body Farm. Uh, this one is pear, coconut, and almond. And almond. Mm. And we've been told that it smells amazing. I don't think it smells anything like a body farm. That's just a kick-ass name. Well, we've got we to gotta keep it gory. But you guys can find them at squareup.com slash store slash the purple lotus vernal. Make sure that you guys use the promo code. DEADPOD15. Uh, we also have our wonderful headphone. From Studio Sweden. Yes. I always want and to say Sweden. Sweden. <laughs> and you guys can go on there, check them out. They've got new earbuds. They've got new colors for the over-the-ears. All kinds of amazing things. And you can get uh, your discount code. At ColorMeDead15. We saw... We- We's also, wow. we's also... We's also... Uh, we're also looking at new Patreon perks. Hell yeah, we're adding shirts, koozies, posters, shit made by Tom. Let's face it, that's one of my favorite shirts is Don't Mess With the Midwest. I know. Except for yeah. when I get up to pee in the middle of the night and I'm glowing, it scares the shit out of me. And you're like, oh my god. Wait, fuck! Oh god. Back. Yeah, we wanted to make it more monetary than anything, so when you sign up you get some cool, some cool shit sent some to you. Some cooler You'll get stuff. like a Patreon packet. Yes, and we're going to try and continue doing the audio and stuff, um, the additional clips. It works. We'll still get, you'll still get us being assholes on there. Oh, of course. That's what we do best. And a great big thank you to Kagan Breitenbach for our new music. Still want to pat him on the back because I super fucking love it. It's amazing. I was so excited when he sent it to us and we haven't given him a shout out. It's been on the last two episodes. And I still haven't said thank you. Thank you, Kagan. Thanks, Kagan. Here's the best. I'll rub your bum and braid your hair and feed your foods. Whoa. Well, you know, he did us a big favor. Yes, he did. Um, we've also got the meet and greet coming up uh, February 10th. Yes. We're still working on a location for that. But we do want to say a great big thank you to a lot of our friends that have reached out and donated. Um, Rebecca for giving us art. Stephanie for sending us additional um, like knitted things and like bug out items. I am so excited for all Fucking for this real. stuff. Um, also, we've got uh, Nancy who reached out to us and mm-hmm. donated a taser, like we've a stun gun. Stuff coming from Canada. Oh yeah, we've got things from kind of all over the place, and it's really been heartwarming that so many people have donated to fight the cause. And for those of you who can't be, um. With us, we do encourage you to reach out to the Victims Advocacy and make a donation that way. Kevin May has done that. Yes. A couple people have done it. Yeah. And it's been really nice. Yeah, that was awesome. It really was. It It means a lot to us that you guys are helping us out with this because it, we're kind of flying in blind. Yeah, that's an understatement. And 
<laughs> right? Um, and I do want to say thank you to all of our Patreons. You guys helped us get some pretty sweet fucking new equipment today. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, Nikki and I bought a new MacBook Air to make her editing easier. It's bitching. And uh, we're still trying to figure it out. <laughs> and get some things downloaded to we it. You should probably video us trying to figure out. I know, right? Out. We look like a couple of monkeys from, like, uh, Zoolander. What like, the files are in the box and fucking, eh, eh. We're just swatting the fucking computer. If I touch it, will it work? I know. If I spit at it like a llama. <laughs> a llama. A llama. Oh, a llama it's face. It's a llama. <laughs> but uh, thank you guys so much for every everything you guys do on our Patreon, even... Uh, just the dollar donations that you guys make. Yeah, those are badass. Make a huge difference to us. And you'll get stickers. 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 Which uh, new stickers will be going out to a couple new people. Yep. Um, we've had uh, some new iTunes reviews. Yeah, if you go on iTunes and rate and review us, send us a screenshot of it with your address. We will send you some badass stickers. Some stickers. Uh, but we've had some new... One dollar Patreons. Yes. And We've had so some ten dollars and twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's thank you guys so much. The, um, the more you guys donate to Patreon, the better we sound. <laughs> for <laughs> watch, real. Watch this episode sound like shit. I know. Well, f- we didn't f- use f- our new shit today. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay, just so you know. Okay. We couldn't get some stuff downloaded on the fucking new pewter. Fuck. And that's mostly just because I was in the city all day with my kids and it was their Christmas spending trip. And so I didn't get into town until way late, and I'm exhausted. Nikki's exhausted. It's like past nine o'clock at fucking night. I can do it. I I can do it all night long. You're a better bitch than me, then. I don't sleep like I ever. sleep like a motherfucker. This is when my work starts. Is at nine o'clock. I usually work from nine until midnight or one. Oh my god. Because then people are sleeping. I get up at four o'clock in the morning. And I do shit until noon, and then I go I back to fucking I get up at, bed. like, 5, 6. Ugh, no, 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 I'm not even going to say 5. I get up at 6. <laughs> Good God almighty. So, on our last episode, we talked about Mary Bell and her horrifying childhood. Yeah. Um, Her weird... Sadomasochist mom. Yeah. Is that the right word? Is that a yeah. word? Did I yeah. make it up? No, nope, you right. did it right. Sweet. You're pretty. I thank God <laughs> for that. Fuck. Hey, do you know how many times a day Spencer tells me that? At least you're pretty. Uh-huh. Except for today, because I look like fucking garbage. Sometimes fire. you're pretty, but you look like you're rolled out of a trash can today, so now you're just stupid and ugly. <laughs> pretty much, dude. Man, he always tells me I'm beautiful, and I'm like, oh, God bless your cataracts. <laughs> can you see? Um, we also talked about Norma Bell, her weird little accomplice. Yeah. Um, we spoke about her first murder. Mm-hmm. Which was Martin Brown. And her little creepy fucking notes that she wrote all over the place. After she tore yep. apart the nursery. Yep. And her pictures and mm-hmm. all that. And they they never ruled it as... Well, they never caught her and called her a murderer just yet. They're still trying to figure that out. No, they just... They were like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. So now we're to little Brian Howe. And that's her second victim. Okay, Brian Howe, who would later go on to form the band Bad Company, uh, which was named in reference to Mary and Norma being, in fact, Bad Company. Uh, Also, if you know anything about that band, you'll know it's entirely made up, but a little bit fun to think about. It was a good story. It was a good good. This Brian Howe is a three-year-old little blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy. He lived with his father, Eric. 
his brothers, Albert and Norman, and his big sister, Pat. And their mom left him, like, 18 months before. So Pat was taking care of the family. Like, Pat and the neighbors took care of the family. And I think Pat was, like, 14 or some shit. On July 31st of 1968, Brian was out playing. Pat was in the house making dinner for the whole family. I still am, like, fucking floored that people are like, oh, three-year-old kid? Oh. Like, just go fucking play in the street, man. But this is no part of the Go on. Go on. Take off. Yeah. Yeah, bye. The part that gets me is they're like, well, he didn't come home for dinner at 5 p.m. What the fuck three-year-old knows when it's 5 p.m.? I got a 10-year-old doesn't know what the fuck 5, 5 p.m. is. I, I just, I struggle with the fact that they're like, oh, yeah, I let my four-year-old fucking wander the streets and then somebody said he was hurt and then I found him and he was dead. And I don't want to like, I'm not victim shaming and I'm not trying to shit on Martin Brown's mom. But Jesus, fuck, Come people on. keep an eye on your kids. You know, the thing I always hear is always like, oh, well, it was a different time. You know, everybody was around, everybody was watching, and kids just knew to behave, and we all, you know, everyone knew they would be safe. But, like, at the same time, you're in a poverty-riddled area that anyone who's ever come up in any kind of area like that knows that, like, death is almost certain around every corner. (laughs) (laughs) That's no shit, dude. Yeah. At that, like a three-year-old, you're just going to let your three-year-old go wander about? I don't care what kind of time it is. Like, I could see if it was a six- or seven-year-old, but a three-year-old? Like, a lot of three-year-olds... A three-year-old this time was maintaining two jobs. (laughs) No They're up at the crack of dawn. They're fixing, you know, everything around the house. It was a different time. It was a a different time. time. And when he didn't come home from his second job at 5 p.m., then they were worried about him. Yeah. 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 So they were looking for him. She went outside to go look for him and she saw Mary, Mary Bell sitting on her porch. She asked Mary if she'd seen Brian while she was sitting out there. And Mary's like, no, I haven't seen her, but I'll help you look. look. And let's get Norma in on this shit, too. Let's go look for him. What you think? Where's the dullard? Yes. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck, man? So the three of them searched the entire neighborhood and they went to the railway, like the railway bridge. Where they had a good view of Thin Lizzy. Is it Tin Lizzy or Thin Lizzy? Tin Lizzy, I think. Fuck, sorry. They pronounced it Tin Lizzy, but it actually formed into Thin Lizzy later. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> relevant impact on music. Uh, Thin Lizzy wrote the song The Boys Are Back in Town about the kids eventually finding little Brian Howe. Um, also, the lead singer band company is all connected. <laughs> So they go out there, they find nothing. So they're out there, they look, they find nothing. And obviously, Mary and Norma know where he is. And Mary's a little sly cunt. Dude, she's a sneaky little fucking she snake. Is a, when they were looking over Tin Lizzie, Mary looked over at the concrete. Uh, There's like a some concrete blocks that were just hanging out there and she's like maybe he's over there just maybe 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 i don't know maybe you should check there and if i wonder if this extremely descript uh place contain (laughs) what we're looking for no shit so she's like go look over there and then norma i don't know if norma got like cold feet or some shit but she was like oh no he never goes over there and she knows because she babysits uh, Brian sometimes and his little best friend. So she's like, oh no, he never wanders that far. The three-year-old never goes where he's not supposed to. <laughs> In this wonderful wasteland of industrial crap. Yeah. 
Okay. You know, I would think at this time there was like one of those glares shot by Mary Bell real hard at Norma. Like, yeah. you know, like when you see something shitty in front of a company or something and you <laughs> mentally planning how she's going to beat the brakes off of you. When your mom looks at you, you shut your fucking cake hole. Yeah, I feel like you just feel a burning through the back of your neck. Yeah, I feel like that was happening right now. Oh, yeah. Now, Basically. You contradict me, you idiot. Yeah. It's basically me at Walmart. <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah, that's me. I'm that mom where I'm like, well, not anymore. Now I'm like, I will go ape shit on you. I don't give a fuck. Oh, no, dude. I straight up threaten my kids. Mm. But I, I lean in real close and say fucked up shit to them. Like, if they're acting out, because they're teenagers now. And so I have to, like, and oh, they're yeah. both bigger than me. So I have to, like, oh, bring them get, down get, to my get, level. Get, get. Back of the arm crow bite, the pinch right on the back of your flabby <laughs> arm. Crow That's bite. how you do it. Like, you fucked up, and it's about to get worse for you that evening. I'll reach over, and I'll grab my kids in their, like, rib titties, like, right in their meat. Oh, no. And I oh, pull no. them clo- closer, and I'm like, fucking act right, or I'll twist your goddamn head off. But I whisper it. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm like. Fix your face. Yeah. I'm like, when we get home, you're going in the goddamn cellar. <laughs> You're going in the cellar. No, mine is Addison that I have a problem with, and I don't give her the look. I'll just flat out tell her what's going down, and she's like, "All right, fine." Dude, I just, I, I just look at her and I'm like, "I will fuck you up." Yeah, and it's not very cool to say that to a five year old, but whatever, when it works. She brings it on herself. <laughs> <laughs> so they all looked around for them till about seven p.m., and that's when Pat decided to call the police, and a search party was formed with all of the neighborhood folks looking for him a little what was it like it was like 11 o'clock at night yeah and they finally they finally found him weird where norma said how many hours prior six hours ago norma said not norma mary Mary. was like oh look he's over there fuck go figure she very punctual group these people yeah well she's like i mean i know everybody gets sick of me talking about ed (laughs) but her answers and shit are just like his but she's more forward about it. Oh, she's she was more... way more forward because if you remember from our previous episode, she was like telling people at school, yeah. like, I did it. But That's so did where he. I did it. They were pointing. Yeah. Did you guys not have like a typical little like loudmouth bitch like this in like that you grew up with? Like, I don't know. I didn't talk I to people. Like it was me. Yeah. Serial killer, I can, I can peg back to somebody I've known at some point in time. She's sitting and next to me. <laughs> Oh, Fuck, it's okay. me. It's, I'm, the, I'm the one. <laughs> it's yeah. true. It's true. S- Silent. It's just that over-assertive, loudmouth, braggart type uh, person. That, you know, I, I can picture. Yeah. It's like this when I was up and I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, what, what the fuck is wrong with you? So they find him. Yes. They find this little body. And so, but the way that they find him... Is he's like covered up with weeds and shit with his clothes still on, but we'll get into that in a second. Yeah, so Mary had lured him out and under the guise that they they were gonna play, yeah, and drug him not drug him but lured him out to this weird little wasteland of industrial piece of shit where they lived, where there's apparently concrete slabs they can hide behind. So she wanted to play a game. And you want to play a game? <clears throat> you want to play a game? No, I do not. No, no sir, I do not. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm going to pass. So she had lured him in under 
the assumption that they were going to play a game. He had been strangled. There were scratch marks all over his nose. They had blood, like froth, coming from his lips and mouth, and they were blue. There were pressure marks and scratches on his neck. The letter M, well, okay, so this... There's different stories. There's different stories about this. And so the the information is a little bit weird. But she had taken a pair of scissors and she had carved the letters M for sure, but that maybe a, N. It was a um, razor blade because it later got taken in for... Oh, did it? Was yeah. it? Oh. Well, and she... stories changed so well, much when they were finally being interrogated. It right. It did. And, later. Well, and Martin Brown's mom I <laughs> gave a lot of bad information in the documentaries that I watched. Because yeah. she said well, that... Well, and I watched all the same ones yeah. because I felt like... Like, the information that I got was all fucked up in, it a, is. in a weird circle. It is. And so Martin Brown's mom said that there was an M and an N carved into his stomach. Like, yeah, into his belly. But the autopsy in the book that I read said that it was just an M. It looked like an N to begin with, but, like, they added that last little bit to make it an See, M. See, and they said it was scissors in the documentary. Uh-huh. I saw that because in the book they said they took the razor blade for evidence well didn't they find like broken scissors near his mm -hmm. body because she had tried to cut off his little yeah that genitalia yeah and he had six puncture marks on his thighs and his genitals had been partly skinned and i think that was from where she was like trying to cut him off mm -hmm. now if you guys so remember this right now we're saying natural causes right i mean that's well, yeah, that's, that's pretty. Yeah, okay, yeah. Sure. he fell down and died, and he fell and, so hard his penis jumped right out of its skin, <laughs> and carved an M into I mean, his I've stomach. Been there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm that's sure right. you have. Slapped his little belly so hard. Right. <laughs> God, and it's the the fucked up thing is. We're fucking kids. <laughs> when you go back and you listen to the Beth Thomas episode, she also constantly hurt her brother's genitals and i think it was they talk about um the reactive attachment disorder they talk about how uh like little girls that have been hurt by a grown man's genitals they find that to be like their outlet well why wouldn't think, you want to get rid of all of those after what she's had happen to her i know Ugh. and so perhaps somewhere there's, there's this feeling of power that is put over any child that's been abused sexually and turning to mutilation or dismemberment or whatever towards genitals is kind of a way of they're taking that power back. Oh, they, yeah. they associate yeah. that with power being used on them. And essentially that's what's taught them. It's like the only way that they know how to gain the upper hand. So, yeah, yeah I mean, you know, no shit, this kid's going to be, you know, having the way wrong ideas about what the sexual organs are all about and eventually turn away from Right. Which makes her later life story even crazier to me, but I'll bitch about that later. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that spot. We'll get to that. So, if you guys I remember... I'm going on the rails here, because I'll go all over. <laughs> <laughs> um, M. M. Williams Phelps... Oh, my wow. God. Christ on a cross. M. William yeah. Phelps says murderers, mostly, mostly serial killers, 
They like to leave a mark. They like to leave that calling card. Almost like they want to play cat and mouse with the police or whatever authorities are working on the case. But they also want to get caught. Mary did want to get caught. Like, she ratted herself out. And do you wonder if she was, like, making this just in case she didn't get caught and she was going to move on to more? It was like, it's like the sticky bandits from... No, the wet bandits. It's the wet bandits. Wet bandits. God, get it right. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Um, But it's... It's the professionals and the authorities that I've looked into, like Candace DeLong, who I want to do a, a whole episode on her. I, I'm in love with this this woman. Um, she said that she mutilated Brian's penis as an outlet for her for her rage. And we we kind of recapped on that. Um, but she said that it's not uncommon for males or females that have been abused to find sex and sex organs like repulsive and almost like um like an aggressive oh uh, yeah you know what i mean yeah that's the last thing you want around you after that's happened when your mom's playing blind man bluff with you and letting yeah. grown men ejaculate into your throat while why you're... did you have to say it again i don't ever I know. want to talk I'm about sorry. that again but hungry why wait all right <laughs> oh ew you went there if you could, I wanted to t- touch back on, like, the calling court, calling card type of thing, because, like, Mary didn't go, like, crazy with numbers on what she did or how many people she got her hands on, but there was always, like, the same kind of thing, and it was kind of tying back into that, like, her wanting to help find the kid, too, and you see this before with, um... Uh, son of Sam, uh, David Berkowitz, he had these like delusions of grandeur in his head that he was nothing, you know, he was like truly a nobody, but he thought that he could be this hero. And at the same time, they insinuate themselves into these situations where like, yeah, she went and she stashed this kid's body. She knows exactly where he is. So there's some kind of accolade that can come along with her finding him, you know, in, in this warped little brain. Yeah, and I just thought I thought it was kind of interesting to that the parallels were kind of there, and uh, yeah. this is the first thing I thought of was Son of Sam because he did the same exact shit. There's a people want to jump into action about it. There's a a local case that I want to do. I'm trying to get in touch with the victim's mother to do an interview, but um, the victim's killer actually did the exact same thing. Went into town. Everybody's looking for this little girl, and I'm not going to go too deep into details because that's a, a case that I want to cover, but he did the same thing. Like, he went out and helped look for the body, knew exactly where the fuck it was. That happens a lot, though. There's a lot of cases I've heard of that where they go out and look for him. Yeah, there's a real by-the-books type thing for a lot of type of uh, psychotics and, like, um, like these sociopath-type murderers. Yeah. There's only the been, like... There's only been one that I've heard of that they didn't go look for him. They just stayed where they were. But that was, I can't even remember what it was, but they were like, he didn't even go help look. I'm like, well, which way is it more fucked up if you go help or you don't? Right. Come on. So the time of death after they recovered little Brian's body was about 3.30 to like 4.30. And the pathologist, um, Bernard Tomlinson, thought that the injuries were caused by a child due to the lightness of the puncture marks. So they weren't heavy handed. Mm -mm. And it wasn't like she wasn't applying enough pressure to actually remove his little private parts. Yeah. But 
they started looking into that. So that's where they started the investigation looking around the neighborhoods. Yeah, they weren't looking for a, a grown ass man or woman. They were now they knew that it was a kid yeah, at this and, point. Well panic had started to set in into Scottswood too, because this is like this is the second fucked up thing that has happened in this area. In a couple months. It, yeah, and it wasn't uh like something that happened often. You know what I mean? Like little kids weren't just being fucking lured away from home and murdered in the fucking streets. So now people are like, "What the fuck?" There's crazy shit. Yeah, there's crazy (laughs) shit happening in the fucking neighborhood. So the police start like they went to go question the local kids, and within 24 hours, they had searched or they had visited a thousand homes where they talked to 1,200 kids between the ages of three and 15. They gave them a little. They interviewed them and gave them a questionnaire that they had to. Right, they had to fill out, and it was. Those numbers seem impressive, don't they? Oh, dude, I I don't know how the fuck these people that are starving to death, living in squalor, just have like a fuck ton of kids, like enormous family. How oh yeah, I can't to go out on the town and have a nice night. All you're doing is sitting around being stinky and fucking. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not against that as long as there's showers involved. And I'm, I can't have I any can't more kids. So. The hours got cut at the plant. Too poor for it. No, I'm, and I'm okay with being stinky and banging. Like, just hold your breath. I don't care. No, I need a shower, but... I'm... Yeah, we've all been camping. Or, you know. <laughs> it's just like camping. Not the intense part. Yeah. <laughs> the intense camping well part. It's intense. <laughs> that is the dumbest joke, and it makes I me know. so happy. But... There were two kids that fucking stood well, out in they, all of the shit. They narrowed it down to 12 first. And Norma and Mary Bell were in that 12. And then... Well, but... so weird to stand out from all of these kids at this time. Yeah. I wonder how they said. Like, what kind of weird... Like, I don't know. You, you may have had that one kid that, like, his eyes were too far apart and his arms were a little <laughs> too long for his body and... He was oh, like, well, gee gosh darn shucks, I wished it would have been me. And you're like, what the fuck? What that the kid's f- on the list. Yeah, you're you're part of the 12. <laughs> Who went through all this shit, too? There's 1,200 kids, and in 24 hours, they picked out a fucking 12. That's what I was saying about those numbers. That seems in- incredible. But that's what's in the book. Yeah. Wow. I don't so, know. Oh, I'm giving credit. I'm not questioning. <laughs> I know. I am. It's a lot of ground to cover and a lot of idiot kids to talk to because, you know, these kids are all simple. Oh, for sure. There's no good education system at this time. I mean, come on. No. Well, and the the things that stood out about Mary and Norma was Norma seemed very excited when she was talked to. Like smiling and giggling, and she acted she like, was it like was a joke. Yeah, she was like, "Oh, this is great." And Mary was like, "I don't know what the fuck you're talking about." She was like, the, "I'm going to ask you a question with a question." Yeah. Why? What do you? Where do you what, think what, I was? What, where, where were you? Where were you? <laughs> <laughs> what, what did were you? What did you have for breakfast? Yeah. What were you wearing? I don't know. And so, as the interrogations go on. Mary starts to get weirder and weirder and more defensive and more... As if that was possible. Right. Fucking weirdo. 
And Norma ended up saying that the last time she saw Brian was at 1245, and she was playing with her little friends, Jillian and Linda, how the fuck you say their last name? Rutledge. Yes, that. <laughs> when, so when they went to Mary's house to question her, her stepdad, Billy, answered the door. This part is so fucked up. He answers the door and refuses to let her talk, let them talk to her. So when, when authorities came to their door, Mary was instructed to call him uncle. She thinks that this guy is her dad. She still to this day thinks this guy is her biological father, but she has been told to call him uncle because her mom is living off of single mom, whatever, government assistance. Yeah, government assistance for a single mom. And didn't want to blow it. And this is what we call whore logic. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Whore logic. Right? Whore logic. Always looks like better it. to be getting hate fucked on the wreck by an uncle than like a stepdad <laughs> or something. We can't have that happen, okay? I want this guy up here pounding and choking me, but, you know, that, that's just, that's Uncle Billy, okay? <laughs> it's almost like Arkansas. <laughs> Uncle Billy's going to give know, me the deal. It's a universal phenomenon, and I'm, I'm glad to see that it's not just centrally located in one place. Right? No, it's it's, it's spread across the... timeless thing. It's, it's, go, it's gone across the pond. Yeah. It's everywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but then, after they question her, get your shit together. <laughs> Once they question her, she claims that she saw an eight-year-old unnamed child with Brian and on that, like, on the day that he was murdered. And she claimed that he had scissors in his hand and was covered with grass and, like, little purple flowers. And he had something wrong with his leg. Either it was, like, broken or bent or something. Like, he had a hinky fucking leg. Yeah, and then she said that he had scissors and tried to cut off the cat's tail with those scissors. Unfortunately for her, <laughs> that ding, boy... Ding, ding. Oh, fuck, dude. Step in the ring, motherfucker. Yeah. This little boy was at the airport the day that Brian was murdered and had talked to nobody that day in, like, in the neighborhood. Yeah, he was with his mom and dad at the airport, which was, like, eight miles away. So. And not only that, nobody, not even the police, had talked about the fucking scissors. Yep. There she goes, giving herself away again. So that was, like... You want to talk about, like, giving yourself enough rope to hang yourself with, uh... Yeah, that's the thing. You always let these people talk. Yeah. And the details start coming out. And then, like, oh, wait, who the fuck said anything about scissors? Yeah. yeah. And she did it twice now because with the first one with the picture and the tablet, um, the little bottle of tablets, mm -hmm. and now she's done it with the scissors. So she's just, she might as well just say, it was it was me. It was me. I did it. I, I did it. I did it. So she's pretty much outed herself. And at this point, the police know. They're like, all right, fuck, these two either did it or they had involvement. Oh, in their interviews, um, they both of them said that they hadn't been together that day. But there was, like, witnesses that they were together that day. Mm-hmm. So... Well, Norma was... Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't... In a neighborhood like this, you can't go traipsing around... No. ...and not have people fucking see the shit... But when you start giving out the details, like scissors and that kind of thing. And then saying that you weren't even together. Like, at least say that you were hanging out. You're like, oh, yeah, we yeah, were we, fucking chilling in the yard. Yeah, we were together for a little while. Well, Norma got questioned later. Mm -hmm. And that's when she started, like, confessing. She's like, Mary killed him. She took me to the body. She showed me. Blah, blah, blah. But this is where things get fucking 
strange because the stories change so many times. So many. Even um, still, even in the documentaries oh, and books the, and the, everything is still weird. Go watch every single documentary available. And, see and it's if, different yeah. fucking information in every single one. Yeah. So. Well, you got your credible source for information at this point is a couple of little dumb kids from poverty-stricken Skid Row areas. And Martin's mom. Especially, like, was Norma kind of, like, a little droomy? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. She, not so. Really well put together. Mary had a very high IQ, or she tested higher. Norma had a very low IQ. Yeah. She was known as simple. Yeah. So she had a lower IQ. You're going to have someone that's implicated in your crimes at least have them up to your bar. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, how can you get a follower? <laughs> up with your lies. Someone who can't improv on the spot. You're going to, yeah, they're, they're going to nerd you But out you've got to have some, just, you got to have somebody dumber than you so they'll follow your dumbass ideas. <laughs> That was her thinking. She's like, oh, this bitch. I mean, you got to get the dumb person to do the dirty job. You don't do it in front of them so they can ranch you out. I think she was supposed to be like the big muscles because she's like 13. She's supposed to be there just for her muscles. (laughs) That's that's, like poor Norma. She so her involvement in the. (laughs) Not normal Norma. (laughs) She got fucked over because. They would go on to be like, Mary would say, I held him down and I squeezed his neck and I pushed on his lung and that's how you kill him. But in the documentary, it would say that she admitted later that she was there and watched Mary squeeze his throat while he thrashed around. Well, yeah, because she said, um, Norma said that Mary was squeezing his neck so hard that she was like, here, um... Hold on, my hands are getting tired. In in their words, my hands are getting thick. You take your turn, and that's when Mary or Norma took off. She's like, "Fuck it, I'm out." Tell anybody that that's going on, even if that was a scenario. Like you walk away from that happening, and you're just gonna casually walk home and get a biscuit for yourself or whatever. <laughs> like, oh, this just got fucking weird. I gotta go get a coke and a nap. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. So after the girls have been questioned again. They detained Norma for the night and picked up Mary from her aunt shortly after midnight because her mom was in Glasgow doing whorish things, I'm sure. Yeah. Let's do a finger quote in there. That's uh, working. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we are working. So, so while they were interviewing Mary... The detective on the case said to Mary, I have reason to believe that when you were near the concrete blocks with with Norma, a man shouted at some children who were nearby and you both ran away from where Brian was lying in the grass. This man will probably know you. Mary says he would uh, would have to have good eyesight. And the detective said, why would he need good eyesight? And he was thinking that he was going to catch her in a lie. And she said, because he was clever to see me when I wasn't there. And she refused to make any other statement. Is that whiny talk or is that ignorance? Who knows? I don't don't know. know. That's what I'm wondering. She's like, because he was clever to see me when I wasn't there. Or maybe that pregnant pause was her thinking of like... What do I say now? What do I say? Yeah. It's it's an over-elaborate way of saying, how could he have seen me if I wasn't there? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So then she said... But you're a little bitch, so... (laughs) 
Then she says, I'm making no statements. I have made my statements. It's always me you come for. Norma's a liar. She always tries to get me into trouble. So her little simple buddy was her scapegoat. Yeah. Always. Yeah, she has been the whole time. And that's why you have a simple buddy as a scapegoat. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> At 3 o'clock that morning, they took her back home because they didn't have enough evidence because she wasn't digging her own hole like like Norma was. Like, Norma was like... Or like oh, some people dig holes. Quit. quit. <laughs> Do you need a shovel, bitch? <laughs> Do you need a bigger one? Get that shit. <laughs> dig your hole. Anyway... <laughs> they took her home a little after three, and on the day that Brian was being removed from the from the house in his casket, ca- a casket, his, ca- his casket. Yeah. God, fuck mouth, make words. Come on, Norma, get it together. <laughs> <laughs> so on the day that on the day that Brian's being removed from his home in his casket, detectives would go on to see Mary Bell across the way like across the street and she's like jumping up and down clapping her hands she's like super excited about this and now they're like yeah yeah what the fuck is wrong with this chick so she's like yay it's dead let me see it can i can i look at it can I see it? And so now it's detectives are like, okay, we got to bring her in from our questioning. Clearly there's something extra. We've got to stop this from happening to other children in the neighborhood. Well, the detectives were kind of excited when she was acting like that. Because then they're like, all right, we got to get you in. There's something going on with you. Well, at least we get to, yeah, now we've got something. So they brought Norma back in too. Mm-hmm. And that's when she was like, Oh, yeah, I was there when she squeezed his throat and he was thrashing around. Yeah. So. This is where she said that she told Mary to leave the baby alone. So while he's thrashing around, she's like, leave that baby alone. Mary asked her to take over because her hands were getting tired and that's when Norma ran away. 20 minutes later, Mary showed back up. (laughs) This is where she, that's where she went to get the biscuit. But 20 minutes later, Mary showed back up where Norma was. And took her back to where they murdered Brian. So that's when Mary carved the M or whatever the fuck was ended up carved into his tummy with a razor blade and then hid the razor blade. They revisited the scene at like 530 where they cut clumps of his hair and stabbed his legs. So they went back, like murdered, left, came back, left, and came back. Yeah, multiple times to like mutilate the body. But Norma ended up showing the police where the razor blade was. Oh, and they took it for and, evidence. Mm-hmm. And that's when Mary was later arrested and made a statement. And I have the statement right here. Well, please do. Oh, oh I will. <laughs> and she said, I, Mary Flora Bell, wish to make a statement. I want someone to write down what I have to say. I have been told that I need not say anything unless I wish to do so. But that whatever I say may be given in evidence, signed Mary F. Bell. And this is what she told whoever was writing it down. Brian was in his front street, and I and Norma were walking along towards him. We walked past him, and Norma said, Are you coming to the shop, Brian? And I says, Norma, you've got no money. How can you go into the shop? Where are you getting it from? 
She says, Nebby, keep your nose clean. Little Brian followed, and Norma says, walk up in front. I want Brian to go home, but Norma kept coughing so Brian wouldn't hear us. We went down Cross Hill Road with Brian still in front of us. There was this colored boy, and Norma tried to start a fight with him. She said, Darky whitewash, it's time you got washed. Jesus. Fuck. Charming. Yeah. And this is the... the this is the slower one. This is the daft bitch. <laughs> God. Yeah, daft cunt. Yeah, daft bitch. <laughs> the big brother came out and hit her. She shouted, Away, put your dukes up. I can't. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the lad walked away and looked at her as though she was daft. Go figure. We went we went beside Dixon's shop and climbed over the railings. I mean, through a hole and over the railway. Then I said, Norma, where are you going? And Norma said, do you know that little pool where the tadpoles are? When we got there, there was a big long tank with a big round hole with little holes around it, Norma says to Brian. Are you coming in here because there's a lady coming on on the number 82 and she's got boxes of sweets and that. We all got inside, then Brian started to cry and Norma asked him if he had a sore throat. Mm-hmm. That's all Norma's fault now, is, isn't it? You know, as you do, yeah. Yeah. She started to squeeze his throat and he started to cry. She said, this isn't where the lady comes, it's over there by them big blocks. We went over to the blocks and she says, are you'll have to lie down and he lay down beside the blocks where he was found norma says put your neck up and he did then she got a hold of his neck and said put it down she started to fill up and down his neck she squeezed it hard oh you could tell it was hard because her fingertips were going white brian was struggling and i was pulling her shoulders but she went mad i was pulling her chin up but she screamed at me by this time she had banged brian's head on some wood or corner of wood, and Brian was laying senseless. His face was all white and bluey. His eyes were open. His lips were purplish and had and had all, like, slaver on. I don't even know I, what that I, is. I'm going to say that's probably, like, slobber. Yeah. And turned into something like fluff. Norma covered him up, and I said, Norma, I've got nothing to do with this. I should tell on you, but I'll not. Little Lassie was there, and it was crying, and she said, Don't you start, or I'll do the same to you. It still cried, and I like how she calls it it. It. Like, I call my kids that, but I'm not strangling them anywhere and leaving them. Jesus. That can be proven. <laughs> yes, it is proven. I, I mean, they're still all three alive. I've seen them today. Yeah, recently. <laughs> <laughs> it still cried, and she went to get a hold of its throat, but it growled at her, she said. Not now. Don't be hasty. We went home, and I took little Lassie, Brian's dog, home and all. Norma was acting kind of funny and made twitchy faces, faces spreading her fingers out, she said. This is the first, but it'll not be the last. I was frightened then. I carried Lassie and put her down over the railway, and we went up the Crosswood Roadway. Norma went into the house and she got a pair of scissors and she put them down her pants. She says, go and get a pen. And I said, no. What for? She says, to write a note on his stomach. And I wouldn't get the pen. She had a Gillette razor blade. It had Gillette on. We went back to the blocks and Norma cut his hair. She tried to cut his leg and ear with the blade. She tried to show me it was sharp. 
She took the top of her dress where it was raggy and cut it and made a slit. A man came down the railway blank with a little girl with long blonde hair. He had a red checked shirt on and blue denim jeans. I walked away. She hid the razor blade under a big square concrete block. She left the scissors behind him. She got out before me over the grass onto the Scottswood Road. I couldn't run on the grass because I had my black slippers on. When we got along a bit, she says, Mary, you shouldn't have done that because you'll get in trouble. And I hadn't done nothing. I haven't got to the gut. She just turned southern, just so you, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, you just went <laughs> fucking full Alabama. <laughs> She's from England, but it's Alabama in my world. I haven't got the guts. I couldn't kill a bird by the neck or the throat or anything. It's horrible, that. We went up the steps and we went home and I was nearly crying. And I said, if Pat finds out, he'll kill. she'll kill you. Never mind killing Brian because Pat's more like a tomboy. She's always climbing in the old buildings and that. Later on, I was helping to look for Brian, and I was trying to let on to let on to Pat that I knew where he was on the blocks. But Norma said he'll not be over there. He never goes there, and she convinced Pat that he wasn't there. I got shouted in half past seven, and I stayed in. I got woke up at half past eleven. We stood at the door, and Brian had been found. The other day, Norma wanted to get put in a home. She says, will you run away with us? And I said, no. If you get put in a home and you feed the little ones and murder them, then run away again. I have read the above statement and I have been told that I can correct, alter, or add anything I wish. This statement is true and I have made it of my own free will. Signed, Mary Flora Bell. What in the actual fuck? <laughs> no shit like she just full blown threw Mary under that god or not Mary Norma. Norma under that goddamn bus I didn't want anything to do with it well yeah she had about three minutes to concoct the fucking story and put that together as you can tell it sounds fucking so eloquent yeah uh, but yeah I mean alright cool little kid story anyways you fucking psycho <laughs> let's, uh, let's get on with this well it's kind of like uh, former FBI profiler Candace Long actually talks about um, children that commit ca- commit crimes, they don't have the wisdom or the guile to cover it up like adults do. They don't have that, like, the wherewithal to make up stories. Yeah. But her story was like, I'm going to throw a bunch of fucking word vomit at you, and I need you to believe me. Yeah. What the fuck? And it was Even normal. That, though, I mean, I wouldn't say she was entirely terrible at it. No. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of Mr. Rush. You know, this is way beyond the realm of what a child that age should be doing in, you know, deception and, I mean, murder, A, but. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, that. Don't you go telling lies. Oh, I wait, and like murder. <laughs> she could have got away with it. She told on herself for everything. She really did. If she wanted to get away with that shit, she could have got away with it easy. Oh, if, if she had played her cards right, she probably could have. On August 8th, though. The girls were initially charged with murder, and they were held in jail cells. Now, they reopened Martin Brown's case because they started treating that as a murder instead of just like, oh, it was accidental, we don't really have a cause of death. But they found a lot of similarities. Now that it's glaringly obvious, yeah. Yeah. Right. The first night that they were incarcerated, they were both, like, super restless, they were fidgeting around and, like, Yelling. yelling at each other through the through the gels. And Mary's always been a chronic bedwetter, probably because her mom's a cunt and you tend to wet the Horribly bed when you have abused a cunt sack her. mom. And she was afraid to go to sleep 
while in her cell. Because at home, when she wet the bed, her mother would rub her nose in the puddle of it like she's a fucking dog. And then she would take the mattress outside so that everybody could see and everybody knew that she pissed the bed. So she was horrified. She was, like, terrified that the police would do the same thing. Oh, yeah. She was like, if my mom does that, what the fuck are the police going to do to me? So she didn't want to sleep because she didn't want to piss herself. God. That's actually really fucking sad. It's horrible. Everything about what, like, everything she did was horrible. But everything leading up to what she why she did what she did is even worse. Well, and there's a certain amount of pathos that comes with this one. You gotta remember, like, we talk about this shit, but, like, this is a kid. Yeah. yeah. That has gone through so much fucking abuse that, yeah. like, by the time they're 8 to 10 years old, they're just fucking murdering other kids, and I mean, you know, you want to feel bad, like, you can't. You know, at any age, you know, you, you, you can't feel bad for a murdering psychopath, but God damn it, like, who is shocked that these things are happening? Yeah, no kidding. Mary was being held for assessment at a center in London, and all of the people for, like, that cared or knew her or loved her wondered how she could do such things. And some didn't believe, like, how severe it was when they heard about the victims. Well, they thought that she didn't understand the severity of her actions. That she didn't understand it, which I don't think I I don't think she gave a fuck is what the difference. I think she was. knew exactly what she was fucking doing. She knew what she was doing, but she didn't care because th- nothing meant anything to her. No, her whole life There's hasn't meant shit. involved with a child that hasn't been loved or even handled. Um, yeah, you know, you hear about things like that. These kids are completely disassociated from reality and from other humans. Because they're not treated well. And we know about her fucking slut bitch mother. I can't stand this fucking broad. You get me Oh my god. <laughs> but god damn it, like, you know, this this kid wasn't cared for in any capacity whatsoever and abused Never. in the lowest, the most disgusting of ways. So yeah, no shit this kid like probably has no fucking empathy at all for anyone. Well, no, probably didn't even get held as a baby. Like, you know, most no, her mom was like fucking swallowed. throwing her out fucking windows and trying to give her away and shit. Yeah. Like, and when she was in the center, in like seven fucking days, Betty McCricket visited her one time, and it was to fucking yell at her, to tell her how right, humiliating. Yeah, it's so humiliating. Good parenting aesthetic. Yes. Yeah, she she's just sticking right there with that that good parenting thing. A fucking A-plus for you. So while Mary was in there, she told police that uh, Brian didn't have a mother, so he wouldn't be missed. Like, she was like, it's cool. I, don't worry, I got one that's not going to be missed. Right. It's fine. Well, one of her guards asked her, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the guards asked her if she knew what it was like to be strangled. And she was like, why? If you're dead, you're dead. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't, doesn't fucking matter. Ma- it doesn't fucking matter. Whatever. Even that is like a dodging answer. Like, you know this poor fucking kid's been choked herself. How else would she know to assert this fucking power oh, over her? Oh, for sure. And when, during her trial, she even told the judge, murder isn't that bad. We all die sometime anyway. Well, and I she... Mean, it took me like 32 years to come to that fucking conclusion. <laughs> why is a kid? And she's you know? there at 11. Yeah. Well, yeah. and she... And why am I... Yeah. She would also go on, like, while she was incarcerated, to be like... I like to hurt things that are little because they, they can't, can't fight, fight back. back. Like, what? What? what the but fuck? her mom did the same shit to her, so. Yeah. 
when you're four years old. So Norma was being held in a nearby mental hospital and being observed. And this is this is kind of when they started placing everything together. So leading up to the trial, all of the evidence and inf like information, like the nursery school, the notes, the schoolyard confessions, all of that shit, they were like, oh, it's all oh fuck, together. now it's all coming together. So the trial begins. Huh? amazing what basic detective work will do <laughs> weird if, if people had just fucking listened in the first place yeah because she mary was telling people she was telling relatives she was telling from the beginning yeah she was like this is the stuff that i'm she doing wrote it in her book she wrote no she wrote a fucking note that i that said i murdered martin brown yeah and people Come are like on. oh you fucking you storyteller you yeah you're like you're what ten, fucking kid writes murder. that down yeah i don't know her. And might I add that she needed, for a 10-year-old, she had some shitty handwriting, just so you know. Fair enough. Fuck. <laughs> Let's... I feel like maybe we'll forgive that one, okay? All right, fine. <laughs> so, like, your penmanship fucking sucks. Yeah, you're <clears throat> supposed to be the smart one, and you can't even write good. <laughs> Your English is bad, okay? <laughs> it's real bad, okay? Speak the Queen's English. <laughs> um, so, Jesus Christ, what's wrong with us? Everything. So, all, all the things, all of it. The trial begins December 5th of 1968, and both Norma and Mary are now being charged with manslaughter. Both girls are like, not guilty. Because they each tell each other, or they each keep blaming it on each other. Yeah. No, it was you. It was you. So both girls go on to testify, and they're, like, continually outing each other. Yeah. And they're like, not not me. I didn't fucking do it. She and, did it. Yeah, and when, but when Norma was, when, when Norma was on the stand or whatever, she's crying, terrified, and just, like... Like a normal person would be when you're on a murder trial. But, but not Mary, me. yeah, Mary had no emotion and she was just defiant the whole time. And Mary's mom, no. this is this is the part where I'm just like, I hope you fucking die in a car fire, you nasty bitch. She was being so dramatic, like crying, stormed out at one point, just putting on a big fucking like Production, like it, trying it, to make it about her. That would be due to feminine itch and irritation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is a real thing you don't understand. Okay, that will make you uh, cry hysterically and storm out. <laughs> I'm only working with what I've been given here, and from my understanding, this mother has had a flu, if not a small army, through her craw, and <laughs> I can only assume that it's. It's slightly irritating just to be sitting there dealing with all this. Well, I'm, really? I'm, I'm, sir, I'm sure her pish flaps yes. are quite swollen and itchy. Her, her meat curtains have growths <laughs> on them, and that shit itches. Just her fucking like minge. Just hang oh, God. God. Don't ruin burritos for me. The fucking clunge. God. You know, if I can ruin burritos for you with that comment, I don't think you really love burritos to begin with. But you know what? If we want to get sidetracked on food, I, I can't, think that's a whole other podcast. I can't, <laughs> I, I, I can't sit and start dressing my burrito and see... The, nope. As nope. long as it doesn't have herpes on it, you're fine. Her, you just her, cover it with guac. That'll fix it, right? There you go. Fair enough. I accept. <laughs> I accept. <laughs> I accept that. So... Now picture it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Right. Okay. Oh. Oh. See what I did there? 
<laughs> see, what <I> did there? <laughs> see what I did there? We just okay, ruined burritos for like 600 people. I'm still eating them. I know. I'm. You can't stop I'm me. I'm fat. I, I'm good. I was like, I'm, I'm still eating fuck. that shit. I had a lovely tripe burrito last night. Uh, as no. is my usual tradition on a Friday night, I'll pick up some Mexican food for myself. Uh, and tripe. I mean, if I feel like I, if I can stomach that, I got a good chance of anything. That's. I don't like you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's Moving good. on. I'm just kidding. So it's like crunchy, it's like crunchy little bacon. Besides the fact that it's realistically like just buttholes, but whatever. It's buttholes. Kind of, yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? It's like Mexican fucking chitlins, dude. Nope. That's a gigantic so fucking nope for me. That's like the first time I tried to eat a chitlin. Um, I was well, having. They also have a kid's menu for you too, so. Yes, that's what I'm talking about, and then I get a toy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we just we just got to start doing things as like a team, yeah. so that we can order one big meal and sharesies. I really do order off the kids' menu a lot. I do a lot too. Hey, clearly, I the love crafts? to share. You love to share. If you ever seen me, yeah, you'll you'll know that I obviously love sharing. <laughs> oh, I can imagine, dude. I've been fucking hissed at and growled at when I try to take shit off Spencer's plate. I figure if there's something on my plate, it's meant to be cut and put in my mouth to be chewed. (laughs) That is on you, and I am not to be held fucking responsible. I fucking ordered this (laughs) for me not to share with you. If you fucking wanted this, you needed to order it. That's why I like Chick-fil-A, dude. I can get eight chicken nuggets. I'm going to throw it out there. (laughs) Nothing cute about it. Oh, God. I said mealtime is serious time. I guess it's, so. Yeah. That's how Calvin is, though. I'll fill his plate to, like, a grown man size plate, and I'll feed him. By the time I get around to mine, because I feed everybody else first, and then by the time I get around to mine and get sat down, he's like, you going to eat that? <laughs> I'm like, well, I might eat some of it. That's why I put it on my plate in front of me. Can I have more? My mother hasn't had a warm meal for herself in over three years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Christmas> story. <laughs> can I, Mom, can I get some more mashed potatoes? <laughs> That's no shit with Calvin, because I have to refill his plate three times before I get to mine, and then by the time I get to mine... he is tall enough to fill his own goddamn plate. Oh, he does now. Last night, he was... Or no, it was today. Probably today and last night. He's like, can I have more? I'm like, you know where it is. <laughs> get it. Like, I'll get the first one, because I'm nice like that, but after that, you're on your own. Is there any more red cabbage? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Hey, weren't we talking about something? All right. So, yeah, we got to get back on track. It's, like, almost 11 o'clock at fucking night. No, it's um, not. It's 1022. Quit being dramatic. Bitch, I've been up since 4. Don't fuck with me. It's 11 <clears> where <throat> he is. So, after Mary's time on the stand, the psychiatric evaluation that was done by the psychiatrist, basically, the, the guy was like, she's suffering from psychopathic personality demonstrated by lack of feeling of equality or any quality to human life. No shit. Yeah. She is one of the beginning researches of reactive attachment disorder. To where right. he's... Nature versus nurture type thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's no remorse. I, mean, it. I mean, it's a, it's a formulaic guarantee that you're going to have this emotionless psychopath on your hands. Oh, yeah. You can't even be bothered to hold your fucking kid. No. Yeah. I no. mean, no tears, no remorse, no emotion... Just a blank shell of a little girl that was completely unemotional and just resentful that they were detaining her. Well, yeah. Like, what the fuck? Fuck, I I told you it was Norma, you bitches. (laughs) 
What the fuck are you Sick. holding me for? Hold that bitch. So, yeah. 12 days later, on December 17th, they would go on to acquit Norma of all charges, and she later got three years probation for... Um, Breaking into the nursery school. Yeah, to, for vandalizing the, the nursery school. Now, Mary was convicted, but was shown... Being a waterhead. <laughs> right? For- <laughs> but seriously, that's kind of why she got acquitted of all charges, because they said that she's... Yeah, she- She's kind of a dingy little bitch, and no, she's, she's not a fucking smart bucket enough. of mud. Yeah, like, she's listen. a jug of piss. <laughs> we gotta let this one go because she's, it's not smart enough to even write its own yeah. name. So, and it's thirteen. I mean, yeah. So Mary was later convicted, but she was shown mercy because she had um, what they what they would call diminished responsibility due to her psycho, uh, psychiatric evaluation. Basically, got put into the facility. Um, until the queen's, or like, what do they call it? As long as, as long her as majesty wishes. Yes. So it was like uh, an undetermined length of time until... They decided if she was good enough to leave or not healthy enough, well enough, whatever word you want to use enough, to to get out. But that was the only time she showed, a mil- uh, like showed any emotion. She like broken, broke down and wept. Yeah. But only because they were like, you're going to the fucking nut hut for an undetermined amount of time. Well, and trying to figure out where, what what hut they're going to put her in because she's too young for prison. Right. What do you do with this kid? Yeah. Exactly. She can't go to a facility with other kids because she's going to kill them all. Or, or she's excited by killing other kids. They don't have any mental hospitals there that have the capacity to take her. So they were like, what in the fuck do we do with her? Right. So, during the whole process, nobody ever really questioned why this pretty little girl would do such awful, horrible things. Like, nobody wanted to dig back and be like, show me on the doll where the bad man touched you. Yeah. Because, I don't know if people just didn't they call. Didn't like, yeah, they she didn't clawing the crotch out of the dolls. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. That's not, that's not a lie. I, I mean, really... She's scissoring out the fucking naughty bits on the dolls. But the press called her a monster and a demon. She was born evil. And that's that's not fair. I mean, you can hate Mary Bell all you want. What she did was ruthless and horrifying. But her fucking horrifying... Mother. mother, Your fucking mother. Your fucking mother. Oh, goodness. <clears throat> he's getting oh, all. Yeah, I was gonna say I could hear him like stewing about well, mom. Well, I just it. I don't know what happened to her mother to make her think that these things were okay. I but, do, but there's a little tidbit in the end about that. A little, little tidbit. A little tidbit. Fact. So after her trial, a blanket was like tossed over her head, and she was led out of the courtroom blinded, and she was taken to an adult prison in Low Newton, where she was stripped, searched, hosed down, which just re- like an adult. Which reminds me of the fucking delousing process in fucking Super Troopers. Oh, I was thinking of Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh my god, oh, oh, yours was a lot. Oh, yours, it's it's delicious. delicious. <laughs> yours was. <laughs> Yeah, I would rather go with mine it. than yours because in yours we see Farva naked. Yeah, no. with his little doorbell ding dong. Yeah, we get ding, to ding, see Farva's dick, and in mine we get to see Chris Pratt naked. My, he's a little orange, but what the fuck ever. 
Eh. My thought was better than yours. All right. All right. So she had to wear her own clothes because they didn't have uniforms to fit her, and they basically just hauled her off to, like, uh, what do they call it? Isolation? Yeah, like the isolation What's it called section? in prison? I don't know what it's called. Isolation. Ad-seg, Minister of Segregation. Yeah. Uh, Ad-seg. Uh, you're asking the wrong person here. So... <laughs> solitary confinement solitary yes. confinement that's what I was thank you I was that's what I was trying to think of the governor of the prison came in and did schoolwork with her for an hour every day and the governor said that Mary had a huge fear that they were gonna hang her yeah. so I'm curious as to whether Why? or not that was like a threat that her mom or if at her just, or yeah if she was like when you're a bad person you get hanged you know because it was still back I mean. I don't know. I don't know what the still a thing? I don't I think like, so because this was in 1968. Well, I don't fucking know because we still have, we still have the fucking shooting. What do they yeah. call it? Uh, we still shoot people to yeah. kill them in what Utah. What is that called? I just went blank. Firing squad. Firing squad. I I thought of the 21 I mean, gun salute. That was fucking metal. I guess that's that's a plus one for Utah. I guess. <laughs> but yeah, we still yeah. have the firing squad. So. You know, I, I don't know if they were still fucking hanging motherfuckers in 1968 in the UK. Or maybe she had heard of somebody that hung, that got hung in prison, and so she was Or afraid. maybe she still just had that weird thing about yeah. choking and strangling and... Yeah, and that governor had to... Keep... the background of, like, God fucking knows where the hell she could have heard that from. I mean, I'm sure it was probably pounded in her head at some point. Of course. Of course. And, but they had to keep telling her, like, it was like a daily thing. Like, we're not going to hang you in here. You're fine. We're not going to hang you. Well, and the worst thing is, her fucking douchebag of a stepdad, or dad, we well, don't know, and her, her mom, mom, were trying to sell her fucking story while she was incarcerated. Fuck her. You know that was the mom. Yeah, you yeah, know oh, that was, it was the mom. mom. You see that fucking interview that she is, that, that small little clip of interview, how dialed up she is for that shit? Yes. I hate her. The what was me fucking outfit? Like, oh, I want to yeah. fucking drown that bitch. Oh, it's horrible. In the worst kind of set. Like, oh my God. What kind of man uh, stays yeah. with that kind of a woman, though? Like, are you just that fucking uh, downtrodden? Of dudes that are I'll that. What? 90% of dudes that are married. Fucking beating ass husbands. Oh, oh, shit. Fucking savage. You hear that, Spence? God damn. There's no way he would pick me up by my fucking, like, oh, like a bowling ball and toss my fucking ass out of the house. Yeah. He'd be like, you and your four dogs and your fucking five cats and your two fucking snakes and your goddamn 21 whoobies. Get the fuck out. It'll be like on, um. He is a kind, beautiful, and Dare I say, sexually attractive human being? You're very fortunate, Spencer. Well, are you Spencer. talking about, talking about Spencer? Spencer? He's a sexually attractive. You guys made it weird. I was getting a compliment. <laughs> I was getting a compliment. Are you trying it's to weird. hit? Are you hitting on Spencer? The fucking Yeti. I was crying. Please, let's just move forward. You don't even want to <laughs> so I'm thinking that it would be like a on uh, what is that movie? That show with Will Smith. Fresh Prince of Bel Air when Uncle Phil's always tossing his ass out. Oh my That's god. That's gonna be Spencer yeah, with dude. you one day. If I bring home one more fucking cat, he's gonna throw me out for yeah. sure. Like I know for sure I know I know without a fucking doubt. If I bring home one more goddamn critter, I am getting 
booted the fuck out well, of the house. you need to listen to your husband. He has a superior male brain. Fair enough. <laughs> larger. Much larger. And that's just science. <laughs> that's science right I wouldn't expect you to know anything about it. <laughs> Okay, so. Oh, Jesus. Oh, and this is why it takes two of us to run a new computer. Goddamn. <laughs> Fuck. I can't, I can't wait for everyone to just fucking love me on the, uh, the Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> this damn woman hating son of a bitch. He Man Woman Haters Club. <laughs> Fuck him. That's it. We send him Paloma. Yeah. Put the, put oh, the circle Christ. in the eyebrow on. Send him Paloma. Yeah. No. 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 So, back at the ranch, um, so Mary's incarceration was pretty tricky. Um, she was too, too dangerous to be with other kids. She couldn't be in an adult facility. Is she too little? Too little. So, she spent like two weeks in the low Newton, in which was the adult prison, then tra- transferred to Comberlow Lodge, which was a high-security, short-term remat- remand school for girls. But Holy this was shit. like girls 15 to 17, so they were trying to find somewhere more suitable for her because she was only 11. Yeah, that's still... Still little. Still pretty little. Um, in February of 1969, she was transferred to an all-boys reform school where she spent about five years. And I think she really liked it there. And she met a guy there named James Dixon, who it wasn't like a dating kind of guy. It was like a, <laughs> it was a guy that worked there. But he ended up being like a father figure to her and helped her out a lot. Billy Bell, who, who was her finger quote dad... Uncle Billy. Uncle Billy. Uncle he, Billy. He would visit Uncle her. Billy with that dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All up in her mom's vage. In your vage. Yeah. You gonna take it? I'm gonna put it in. I'm gonna put some dick in ya. <laughs> Why are you rubbing my leg? Because it makes you uncomfortable. It makes me happy. <laughs> anyway... For the first ten months, Billy would come and visit. He told her that her mother had run off for good and that they were getting divorced. But Billy then stopped visiting because he got, got locked up himself. Uh, well, for no shit. with assault. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Fuck. insert sad trombone. <laughs> 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 oh, you don't like to insert the trombone? I don't know. I I figure that's okay. what we should start calling like. People that have grudge fucks or like hate <laughs> fucking, they call it a sad trombone. You're forced into fucking that you don't want to do. The sad trombone. Yep, the sad trombone. Uh, I like it. I fucking write it down. <laughs> gonna, I gotta fucking copyright it now. Copyright it. That's yep. when you've lost a bet, but you where you have to go fuck and you're like, get your sad oh, trombone. God, uh, go get your sad <laughs> trombone. This is happening. <laughs> that shit on a t-shirt before you can even fire off an email for it oh god or like, or like that you know when you like super hate the person that you're with and you want to break up with them but you still want to get shagged and you're like fuck I'm just no. gonna take this what? one more sad trombone no no I will go without I'm like nope fuck it I am out I'm done that's when I bought Me my first dildo if, if, if I have to thumb my penis into anything it's probably not worth it so no <laughs> It'll grow in a minute, I promise. Yeah, put something on TV. 
<laughs> Do it. Well, I think when somebody hates another person, shut your that fucking must mouth, it will grow. <laughs> you dumb bitch. What was it? God, I think it was my brother Dave. Was like, I tried to hate fuck my ex-wife once, and he was like, it was trying to put an oyster in a coin slot. And he was like, I just couldn't fucking do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't get hate fucking. What? Go on. Oh, Go on. I was just saying, I don't understand hate fucking or grudge fucking or, I don't know, I I can't do it. It's not my thing. Or, well, there's there's a line like hate fucking and grudge fucking. I mean, that's when you're out to prove a point. But like sad fucking or like. Mm, no, I'm not interested. No. I, mean, I sound like a monster. Can we move forward? <laughs> yes. yes, we can. So, Betty, who had since found a new man named George that was 10 years younger than her, started visiting Mary about a year after she'd been incarcerated. So, fucking finally, the mom decides to, you know, show up and pay attention to her One fucking daughter. year later. That's her heart. I know. God. She, um... Bless her she visited about twice a month, and the employees at the facility said that she acted... That Mary would start acting really strange and uneasy after her like mother had been there. Lots of and anxiety. I, after. And I, well, c- can you fucking blame her? No, God, no. I would try. Why, why don't you practice that throat massage on that bitch? Oh my God. Fuck. So when she was 16 in 1973, she was moved to a women's prison. Now, this wasn't a good thing for Mary. She was the youngest prisoner there and she went. A little butch. Yeah, she was really pissed off that they took her out of that that boys thing because she was doing so well there. But I think it was just that she was to the age where they could put her into prison, and so they were going to put her there. But then um, her wonderful fucking class act mother was cut. like, "Oh, oh, great! Now you're a fucking lesbian. What? Oh, so you're a murderer, and now you're a fucking lesbian. What yeah. next? God." Because of everything that she's perpetrated in her lifetime, we're going to worry about playing knuckle duster with other girls. Right. The priorities are fucking very set stuff here. Yeah. I do. Like, we all had that fucking... Okay. Oh, yes. You did, too. (laughs) Just once, and I was drunk. Oh, Anyway. Maybe there were three times. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, take it to a a deeper level here with this. She's a deeper. This might be, like, the first time she's had a legitimate human connection with anybody. Well, or yeah. shown any kind of affection, or yeah. like even in a romantic right. the capacity way. Capacity for love is trying to flourish, and like right. again, it's her fucking slore mother coming through to stamp out the flames of that. Yeah, like that's the way I took it. Like, God forbid, this poor, poor fucking kid has any chance of like being with a human in any normal capacity. Yeah, and having a good connection with another human being in at all yeah, in any capacity. Yeah. And so, I'm, not even, I'm not even being progressive here. I don't fucking, like, yeah, you know who me is. Nah. It's just like, God forbid. Yeah, for sure. Well, she's in... Uh, I, could, I could go on. I'm, fucking, I'm raging right now. <laughs> oh, no, you get... When we get to the end, I want oh, all... Yeah. I want your whole spiel about the bomb, but we, you got to hold it in until then. So, <sighs> while she was... Pressure. What, no pressure. <laughs> no, no pressure. No pressure. And now he's got performance anxieties. Yeah, I know. Uh, so while she was in prison, she actually found out that Billy Bell wasn't her biological father. And this caused, like, a huge identity crisis for her. So her mother refused to tell her who her real father was. Now, if you remember from the first episode, we talked about mom married Billy after Mary was born. And she had been known her whole life as Billy's daughter. Yeah, and it never was really outed who 
the father was. Nobody ever really said anything. And her mom wouldn't say anything about it when she asked her. So in 1977, Mary was transferred to an open prison where her and another girl escaped. So she was 20 at this time and they were out for two days and they were actually being transferred to um, to another facility. And so her little escapade was short lived. Um, they were picked up by a couple of guys on the road. In two days, Mary had gone to a nightclub. She drank. She had vaginal sex with a man for the first time. So go she got it in, in, in those two days. Get that duck. Get that duck. Let's talk about spring break. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking spring break, nineteen ninety-seven. Seventy-seven. No Get shit. Um, and <clears throat> Jesus Christ, the guys that picked them up had turned them in and then sold the stories to the tabloids. So she got drunk, she got fucked, but she also got fucked right back into a facility, yeah. and then her story was aired all over. So she got fucked three times. Uh-uh. <laughs> I hope That's... one of them was good. Man, that is lousy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So oh, fuck. she gets thrown into this new facility, and um, the only person... She just that came... got the same drunk. Why huh? didn't we even touch her back? She just got the sad brother. <laughs> Pretty much. She got what? The sad brother. Oh. So she gets thrown into this new facility, and the only person that came to see her while she was there was a student who was studying psychology. And she was only there for educational purposes. Like, she wasn't there... Yeah, to visit and say, how are you? She was like, let uh, me study you. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, guinea pig. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So at one point, um, like after she had been incarcerated in this new facility for a little while, um, she was living like in a hostel on the facility grounds and she was learning trades on how to fix electrical equipment and stuff like that. She was granted like a stay of leave to go visit her mom. And that visit was awful like she was gone for a couple of days of course it was awful that bitch is a raging cunt she came back like not not okay not okay why would you go see the bitch i i don't know so she's moved around quite a few more times and then in 1980 despite her prison break she was finally released at 23 after serving 12 years total and she had been granted anonymity um with a new name and like all of the Things that she needed to start a new life. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Here you go. Goodbye. She was really confused and emotional, and she felt like the world was a minefield. Well, of course you do. You've been locked up for... Well, and she had a constant fear of being recognized by people mm-hmm. and, like, being outed, which... Well... Well, guess tell what? Some little boys and see what's going to happen. Um, she did constantly talk about, like, her grief uh, like and regret about her actions, um, but she actually did get outed at one point in time. Oh, yeah. But she ended up meeting a married man and who fell in love with her. She fell in love with him and he knocked her up. But he's married, so he stayed stayed where he was. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> then later, so it had to have been really fucking fast. She ended up marrying a different guy and gave birth to her daughter, on May 25th, 1984, which is exactly 16 years to the day after she, after killed, she Martin. killed Martin. So in 1984, um, there were her. like concerns about whether or not she could take care of her daughter or if she were going to be a fit parent or 
if she were going to hurt her daughter or do similar things. And um, the the court, like, put her on probation, sort of. Well, she was already on probation from when she got released. But the court ended up having custody of her daughter. From what I read, I don't know. But it, they had custody, but she was able to raise her. I don't know how that works. I don't either. Okay. I don't know. They have legal custody, so I guess they could come and take her whenever they wanted, but she got to raise her. visitation? No, she got to raise her. No, the, she, she had Mary, her, Mary but, had her in her possession, but, but the state had custody, so they could come in and take her at any time if shit got I creepy. I see, I see. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. going gonna to fucking snake your kid back. Yeah, because so, she thought she wasn't even going to be able to have her. She thought she was going to have to have an abortion at some point because she was like, do I get to keep this kid or no? Fuck. Well, yeah. and even worse off, in 1988, just four years after her daughter's born, she ends up divorcing the husband who was fucking abusing her. Yeah, like so physically abusing her. Like this kid, like Mary Bell could not catch a motherfucking break. No. No, Think about can't. this for a second. Like, like someone raised with that amount of abuse and going through the system like that. I mean, statistically, they fall into abusive relationships and yeah. stay in them. So, I mean, like, good for her for fucking backing up. I guess. Yeah, for real. That's the way I. I don't know. Well, yeah. she met him. She There's met him. The story that it blows my mind. Yeah. They're, they're kind of an anomaly with all this stuff, but I'll, I'll bitch about that later. <laughs> well, she did meet a new man and moved to a small village with him and her daughter. And Mary's mother was a fucking bitch and kept leaking information about her, like what her identity was or where her whereabouts were. Yeah. And so she kept getting fucking outed by locals and officials and... But mostly her fucking mother. Of course. Her cunt sack bitch of a mother. So... <sighs> At this point, Mary had kind of put some things together and suspected that her grandfather, Betty's father, had abused Betty, and that's who Mary's biological father is. That's not confirmed or proven. That is just speculation. Speculation. That's what Mary thinks. And when she asked her mom about it, her mo- all her mom said was, "You're the devil's spawn," and wouldn't say anything well, more. That's sweet. Yeah, what a nice... Who would even be surprised at this point with the way the story is going? No, shit. And you know what? (laughs) Thankfully, in 1995, Betty fucking died. Yay! Yay. For January of 1995. For real. Later, bitch. that turd in the drain. (laughs) (laughs) Flush that bitch. So, later... It's like one of those turds in the shower. You gotta stand it down for the drain. Oh, God. (laughs) Are you shitting in the shower? Corn and all. Get it out of here. I feel like like there's things about you I know now that I don't want to know. Oh, that made my whole fucking day. I'm not the one that shit in the shower. So anyways, I'm not going to tell the rest of the story. Goodbye. But you stomped the shit down the shower? Who else was going to do it? Oh, God. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So, later, Mary... Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Oh, God. On. Oh, oh, God. God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, fucking saggy oh, baggy. Crap. Oh, fucking clay. Oh, look at that. Damn. Yeah, so who left the dirt in the shower? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Oh, who shit in here? Why is there corn in the dirt? Because I don't like to complain much, but this is getting a bit tiresome. <laughs> Later, Mary was paid to tell her side of the story in a book called Cries Unheard. And this upset, like, a lot of officials and officers 
who had known this case. And so they fucking outed her as well. Yeah. And it was kind of like she was fearing for her safety about, like, being lynched and shit, obviously. She had a huge fear of being hung while she was incarcerated. She had to explain to her daughter, like, who she was and what she had done because her daughter had zero information about that. Yeah. That's a weird breakfast table right there. Yeah, right? Over a bowl of oatmeal? By, by the, the by. by. <laughs> so when I was about your age... <laughs> I just wanted you to know that I choked a couple of kids. They fell asleep and didn't wake up. It's I not don't, okay. Don't I don't know do what it. happened. But I got better. Yeah, learn <laughs> from my mistakes. I'm okay now, but do you have a sore throat? Oh. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> so they ended up having to flee with, like, blankets and shit over their heads. So that the press couldn't take photos of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were later granted, like, full anonymity for the rest of their lives. How like, did you just say that word? Anonymity? Yeah. And I, twice. I don't know. All right. Because I can't fucking usually. I know. That's why I... Um, so basically the way, the <laughs> way that it works is they're given new identities, new everything. And um, what they'll do is... They're prohibited from their pro their oh my god prohibidado. <laughs> <laughs> the media is prohibited from posting anything about them, even if they find it out. Yeah, and they can be held um, accountable legally for doing so. Yeah. So I know I tried to get some shit, some shit ass Kevin who lives Kevin May who lives out in oh he's out around that bi- that bitch. And I was like, what do you know? Do you know anything good? Do you know anything you can tell me since you live out there? He's like, no. <laughs> well, and right. I, I talked to my friend Danny Buckle, and he lives in Leeds. And I was like, hey, what do you know about this girl? And he's like, eh, I, yeah. don't, really, I don't know. But you should look into this other case. Like, for all we know, like, she could be Kevin's neighbor. And he oh, doesn't yeah. know. I know. Will you please look into that? Well, there's that element, too, but there's also, like, locals never want to fucking talk about that stuff. It doesn't matter where you go or who you're talking about. Uh, occasionally, you'll find a weird guy at a gas station serving you fried chicken that wants to go on and on and on about <laughs> shit. But other than that, uh, <laughs> people don't really like to make claim that they know anything about it because it kind of sullies their perfect little inhabitants, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can only imagine that going so much further with the... Uh, properness of the English people. A uh, very uh, proper group that probably doesn't want to talk too much about, like, you know, all these kids being fucking penis chopped and choked to death. So, fair enough. Yeah, I can imagine no one really wants to speak up. Do you like and, talking about that? Cause... Well, and now Mary is not only a mother, she's a grandmother. Yeah. And that's Yikes. That's kind of all I know f- from like this point about her. Now, June, um who was Martin's mother, when she found out that Mary had a child and then became a grandmother was very upset. She was like, "I'm never going to see a grandchild from my son. I hope every time that she looks at that baby, she realizes that that's what my family is missing from our lives because of what she's done." Yeah. Uh, did you guys watch the YouTube interview with her? Yeah. With June Richards? Oh, my God. How hard was it? Get- yeah, how hard was it getting through that one? I had a rough time. I had to stop, like, five times. She's got, like, that stiff upper lip thing going, but, like, inside you can just see, like, this poor woman's fucking dead. And, her, like, my- her, the look on her face, like, 
she holds it together while she's doing the interview, but like you can actually see the the like sadness wash over her eyes. Yeah, she cried in the car. You know that much. Oh yeah. Oh, she got home and drank the whole bottle in the closet <laughs> while yeah. weeping over his little kid photos. Yeah. And I'm not yeah, I'm I'm only laughing cuz it's like an uncomfortable I could I could see me fucking doing that. Oh, for real. No, I wouldn't keep my shit together during the interview or anything. You know. In true psychotic fashion, I was listening and slash watching that while I'm driving a semi truck back from fucking Des Moines, Iowa, or Dubuque, Iowa, or whatever the hell I was. And like she's talking and I'm listening. I'm like, man, that's fucking sad. It's like it's dark out, fucking weird, fucking bearded, fucking guy driving a semi, just kind of like quivering lip. (laughs) It was a sight to be seen. I don't know. It was was fucking. I felt bad for that lady. Yeah. Yeah. So, at the end of this episode, I do want to give some thanks, um, because we um, have the book Killer Child Mary Bell, A Tragic Story um, by Sylvia Perini. And that's the book that I read where I got Mm -hmm. most of the info. Um, Cries Unheard, Why Children Kill, which is the story of uh, Mary Bell by uh, Gita Serini. Yeah, and that's the one I want to read, because they talked about that a lot in this book. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the one that I really want to read. And you have, just as an FYI, you guys have multiple documentaries that you can go check out on YouTube. Yes, there's a there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So, um, we want to hear your thoughts about mom, about old Betty. I know you've got a bunch of human. Yeah, you have a bunch stewing in there. Fucking bitch. All right, where can I start off with this fucking broad? Just the level of fucking disgust I have. And all I really know about her, all I can really conform my opinion on is like what's written in print and also that little fucking snippet of her interview. That was horrible. What the fuck? When she's like... just completely... Oh, I don't know. What could possibly... Just feigning that fucking ignorance. Like, you dumb slut. I got, I got, no, I don't know what happened. No, she really did. She's like, I don't know why she did what she did. And you know what that is? That's her trying to capitalize on the whole fucking thing. She's got her fucking woe is me uh, dress on with the fucking hair done perfectly and telling this story, trying to get a fucking dime off of this. But at the same time, how much does she have to fucking hide? All of it. No one wants to talk about that bullshit. Well, and I, at the point of... She's just the worst kind of fucking scum. During that interview, was Mary still locked up or was she out? Do you know? At that point in time, I feel like... Let's see, when was that from? I'm pretty sure she was already locked. I mean, this is obviously past the fact that she was still locked up, I think. Well, because... Her her mother looked fairly young in that. A lot of this... I could be wrong. I'm speculating. I don't fucking know. A lot of the stuff that happened to Mary didn't come out until after she had been let out. Like, nobody knew. That's the thing. I mean, that's that's the point. I, you know, someone had to fucking know. There's a legion of people that were fucking her mother for a quarter. Yeah. Someone fucking knew something. Okay. It's just it's it's fucking despicable. And whatever hell she's in, I hope it's hotter as fuck. And well, it's kind of like the the family the. Um, Betty, her side of the family, like they all had these horrifying, like 
suspicions that bad shit was happening to Mary all the time. Like yeah. the fucking several overdoses on pills and the and being dropped out a fucking window and uh, being given away to like whatever stranger was coming out of a an adoption agency or whatever. Like you had to know that like there was other shit happening. But the time the Is one time nobody's gonna fucking speak up or recognize it. Give me a fucking break. Well and when our sister tried there. to, they wouldn't let her have her. No, because at that like, time she was making money off yeah you know Uh, because yeah it is so should we wrap this up yeah it's time for me to go to bed dude not me just the one more thing that i wanted to bring up about this is like uh, an interesting discussion point for me is like this story doesn't seem like it should end here it shouldn't have in my brain we got the first act you know what i'm saying yeah it seems like there should Whole, like how does this person be reformed after that fucking upbringing mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> and that's and then, and then and then just nothing now she's like a grandmother and she's just trying to live peacefully like it doesn't make sense to me because if you look at every one of these fucking stories we get a full three acts okay and it seems like we only got the first act of mary bell's story yeah i agree so like, it's just very thought-provoking i'm like well what could have happened where's her kids at where's her grandkids at there's got to be more stories to be told. And that was just my feeling from the whole thing. Um, unfortunately, to be said, there really isn't an effective uh, program in the world that can rehabilitate some things. And I just, you know, I find it hard to swallow that there was never anything else. There had to be. That's, yeah. I, I had that same, like, when I was doing the Beth Thomas um, story. I had so many questions about her rehabilitation. Um, and so when I started digging into that and I actually contacted the center um, where she was held, she, she wasn't held there. It's where she was like rehoused like a fucking stray dog. But um, the things that they did to rehabilitate her are pretty new practices. So I don't think those are the same things that would have been put into place for Mary Bell. Yeah. So I don't know. Not, not at all. Like after, yeah, after she gets out and then she's in a, an abusive relationship for four more years after right. that, where the guy's beating the shit out of her. Now does everything just, is everything just okay? I, I have no fucking idea. Like, is she cool or is she the grandma? Continued that's... abuse by her mother. Like, you know, it just, it yeah. just never ended for her until that bitch fucking died. Or is she that weird grandma that like. Sitting on a couch smoking ciggies, drinking vodka, pounding that shit all day long. Like, I don't know. Burning her grandkid with cigarettes and shit. Yeah. I don't know. Is she causing her? I would imagine, best case scenario, this is a hollow, alcoholic, pilled out fucking person. Yeah. It's the best I could possibly imagine this creature being. Yeah. But again, this is speculation. What the fuck do I know? I'm not a psychologist. I'm not, you know. I, you know, fingers crossed. Maybe there was a rehabilitation. You know what? There. Maybe she got to a point where she realized, like, she got enough support and interaction from other human beings that they were like, "You can't do those things." You know what I mean? Like, it's wrong. It hurts. Like, well, and it's possible that when she had her kid, she finally figured out what love actually was when she had her own kid, and she felt it, and then maybe it helped with that detachment. Exactly what I was going to say. Maybe. Exactly. Maybe. There was enough positive there, you know. Who knows? Um, but it'll keep me awake at night. So <laughs> as long as we have that, yeah. Oh there's, my there's god! That. Just like every fucking thing else that I'm interested in. So. 
<laughs> I'm going to stay up all night and find out as much as I can about this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was fun. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. This has been Color Me Dead with Angel, Nikki, and Tam. Tam. Goodbye. Wait. We have to say, don't be a cunty mom. And stay out of chalk lines. Hey, I ruined it. What what are you doing? Hey, I ruined it. Hey, I ruined it. (laughs) Fuck it up, right? (laughs) I pretty much fuck it up every time, so it was somebody else's turn. You like how I took what you did right there, but only made it worse? (laughs) 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 Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, hello, my friends. This is CK from the Mirths and Monsters podcast, proud partner of the Odd Audio Network. Join me, my companion Finn, and my occasionally satanically possessed cat Ray as we investigate the real truths behind some of the most wonderful creatures you can imagine. Are trolls really that thick? Or is it just bad press? Are leprechauns really drunken bums? Sort of. But there's a lot more to find out. All you need to do is tune in to Mirths and Monsters podcast with me and Finn. Till next time, slancha your good health. I'm the hostess Cupcake the Riddler. I'm Mark. Sheen Washable. Nope. I'm the Red Baron. Wow. I'm Jema. And I'm the man of many names. And we're, we're getting sports with drunk. drunk. Be sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram at Getting Sports with Drunk. Twitter is GSWD underscore four. Be sure to subscribe on Podbean and iTunes. And find us on the PPRN Radio Network every Sunday from 12 to 1 p.m.